0: For some, the word evangelism or the phrase sharing the gospel invokes feelings of anxiety and even fear. You know, your heart rate starts to increase. Your hands get a little clammy. Trying to memorize that long presentation is cumbersome and it's difficult to feel like you got it just right. You know, for others, the idea of sharing your faith is simply a turnoff. You've seen it done poorly, especially on social media, where it's devolved into an all-out battle where no one is heard and ultimately friendships are worse off. What if I told you there was another way, an alternative way to sharing your faith, a way to talk with people about Jesus without ruining the relationship? That's what's coming up next on the Living Scent Podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Living Scent Podcast. This is episode number seven, How to Talk with People About Jesus Without Ruining the Relationship. I am your host, Justin Wester, and my goal by the end of this podcast is to help you live just a little bit more like an everyday missionary in your household, your neighborhood, your workplace, and your city. I am so glad you are tuning in today, and if you are new to this podcast and to this podcast community, I release a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month, and my promise to you is that I will work crazy hard to bring you quality content that both inspires you and equips you to live on mission with Jesus every single day. As we begin, I always like to read some of the most recent reviews of the podcast. This first one comes from a person named The Brutal Brutus. He writes, a great source of encouragement and help for practical application of discipleship principles in our daily lives. I'm finding this podcast to be a great tool for my spiritual growth. Thank you so much, Brutal Brutus. By the way, I love the name. Here's another one from TweetyBird04, and she writes... This podcast is very practical for the lifestyle of every follower of Jesus. The clear explanation of the four live sent habits in this podcast can easily be incorporated into our everyday lives. I love the reminder that every Christ follower is called to be a missionary, and they don't have to live sent, but rather they get to. Thank you so much, TweetyBird04. You know, if you are a listener of this podcast and you find this content helpful, it would mean the world to me if you would take just a minute out of your day right after you listen and rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening to it. It is so encouraging to hear from you and it actually helps expand the reach of this podcast to new listeners. So a huge, huge thank you to you in advance. As always, I like to remind listeners that you can get the show notes from today's episode on my website for free. Let me say that again for free simply by going to justinwester.com. That's J U S T I N W E S T E R dot com, navigating to the podcast tab, scrolling down, and you can download them from there. Reminder, the show notes are going to give you additional content, and they're going to give you more questions for you to use with any sort of team that you're leading, a small group that you might be a part of in your church, or simply for further personal reflection, however you choose to use them. I hope you take advantage of them today. So let's get right to it. How can you grow in your ability to talk with people about Jesus without ruining the relationship? Here's the first thing, and it may come as a bit of a surprise. Before you make it your goal to talk with other people about Jesus, we need to first be talking to ourselves about Jesus. So in other words, we need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves every single day. So here's point number one, preach the gospel to yourself daily. Before we even get to the idea of talking about Jesus with other people, let's first discuss the idea of preaching the gospel to yourself, because if we can't preach the gospel to ourselves... Then we're going to have a really difficult time talking about the truths of the gospel with other people. And so the way I'd like to talk about this first point is in two different frames of reference. Here's the first way I'd like to frame this idea. It it really comes in a question. First, how would you answer this question? What is the gospel? What is the gospel? You know, my wife, Lindsay, and I used to work at this large Christian university. And part of our job was to lead students on what we called a ministry exposure trip. We would take a team of about 10 students to a major U.S. city, and we would partner with another local church uh, for about a week at a time. And in the interview process for selecting these students, we would often ask them, you know, if somebody came up to you on the street and they said, hey, I've I've been to church services before. I've heard of this Jesus guy before. But would you please just tell me what is the gospel? We would ask them, what would you say to that person? And you would not believe the response as we'd received from some of these students. Some of them would be absolutely amazing, and others of them would be severely lacking. So let me kind of turn this question on you. How would you answer that question? What would you say the gospel is? You know, have you ever tried to explain it? Have you ever tried to share it out loud? Maybe you try it right now. Maybe you just pause this episode and you take a few moments, wherever you're listening to this, in the car or taking a walk or in in your house, and you try to answer the question, what is the gospel? Why is that really good news? So that's really the first way I want to try to frame this point. On a basic level, can you explain the gospel to yourself? Can you explain the significance of the person and work of Jesus Christ? But here's the second, and it's a little more complex. Here's, here's the second way I want to try to frame this. Do you make a habit out of interrogating your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own words, and your own actions with the gospel? Let me give you uh, an example. When someone upsets you, when someone takes you off and you get angry, do you interrogate yourself and ask yourself, why do you, do you interrogate those feelings and those emotions with the gospel so that afterwards you experience the peace of Christ instead of irritation so that afterwards you experience the joy of Christ instead of resentment. Let me give you an example of this from the scriptures because you actually see it in the Bible. If you have one, or after this podcast, you want to check it out, go to Psalm 42. In this psalm, the psalmist is recounting the condition of his soul. He's kind of explaining some of the troubles he's been going through in life. And then he starts talking to himself. And in effect, he begins to preach the gospel to himself. Listen to what he says in Psalm 42, beginning in verse 5. He asks himself this question, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Listen, the gospel is not just for quote unquote getting saved or only for quote lost people. It is not something that is bound up uh, in a pulpit for a few hours on a Sunday morning. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes and will continue to shape your own heart to make you look more and more like Jesus as you continue to preach the gospel to yourself on a daily basis. The bottom line is this, the more fluent you become in speaking the gospel to yourself, the more comfortable you will become when sharing Jesus with other people. There's a whole lot more we could talk about on this specific topic alone, but I want to give you a resource. If you want to read more about this or investigate this further, check out a book called Gospel Fluency by a guy named Jeff Vanderstel, and I will link to that book in the show notes for today. That's point number one. Preach the gospel to yourself daily. Here's the second thing, and I'm totally borrowing this line from Stephen Covey's book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Point two when talking with other people about Jesus, here we go seek to understand before you are understood seek to understand before you are understood. So in other words, be a great listener. Be a great listener. Jesus was fantastic at this. Jesus asked more questions of people than he actually gave answers. Get this. Let me let me let me give you some really interesting data here. In all of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is asked 187 questions. I don't know who it was that added all that up, but kudos to you. Great job. Thank you for that number. He was asked 187 questions. Now, let me ask you this. Out of those 187 questions that he was asked, how many do you think he directly answered? Take a guess. Out of the 187 questions asked of Jesus, he only directly answered three. Three. If you are curious about which three he answered, I'm going to share those uh, references to you in the show notes, so check those out there. At face value, you know what this means? This means that we need to be asking more questions of people. Seek to understand the person you are speaking with before you are understood. In another sense, this should really give you a breath or a sigh of relief because this also means you don't have to have all the answers. After all, the one who did have all the answers, aka Jesus, he chose to ask more questions And I think that should serve as a model for us today in talking with people about Him. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. And this is especially valued in our culture today. And I want to give you some numbers that show this. According to a recent study called Reviving Evangelism, it was published in a joint effort between Alpha USA and Barna, they found that for non-Christians, hear this, non-Christians, the top qualities they look for in a person with whom to talk about faith or spiritual things, these are the top two, drum roll please, We're number one, that person they're looking for is someone who listens without judgment. 62% said that is the person they're looking for, someone who listens to them without judgment. Here's number two, they're looking for someone who does not force a conclusion, said they're looking for someone who does not force a conclusion on them. So let me ask you this. Are you able to listen to someone, share what they believe without judgment? And are you able to have a conversation with someone who believes vastly different things than you and not force a conclusion on them when it comes to talking about the gospel? When you ask clarifying questions Before giving direct answers, it can help you build trust and it can help you share and talk with people about Jesus in a more compelling way. Seek to understand before you are understood. And here's a final thought. Number three, prioritize gospel conversations over gospel presentations. Let me say that again. Prioritize gospel conversations over gospel presentations. Let me clarify something up front. I am not against gospel presentations. I am not against a gospel presentation. I am in no way, shape, or form saying that you should never, ever, ever use a gospel presentation. I have a gospel presentation memorized that I actually use on a consistent basis, and I'll share that with you in the show notes if you're interested in seeing what it is that I share. However, what I am saying is this. Given our current cultural moment, gospel conversations are more contextually appropriate than presentations. And to clarify, to clarify, when I say a gospel conversation, I mean this is a conversation where you specifically use the name Jesus. At our church, we found it very helpful to get super specific on that because when we use the generic name God in casual conversation... We may be talking with someone who has a completely different view of who God is. But when we say the name Jesus in conversation... It makes it crystal clear who it is we are talking about and who it is we are referring to. So, let me explain why gospel conversations are more contextually and culturally appropriate for today. Sam Chan, in his book, Evangelism in a Skeptical Age, said that by and large, churches used to share the gospel according to a logical sequence. And I want to share that sequence with you. It used to be this truth, belief, praxis. Truth, belief, praxis. Let me explain. In other words, the church was really good at sharing the truth through a presentation. Then they would ask the listener to believe the truth by making a decision. And then they would invite them to live out their faith by making a profession of faith in Jesus, changing their lifestyle, that that sort of thing. And that's how I was trained, following that logical sequence, truth, belief, praxis. I would share the truth in a presentation. I would ask people to believe it because it is true, and then I would invite them to live differently. However, here's where things get interesting. He suggests that our culture is totally different now. In other words, our culture has actually flipped. Now it is backwards It's praxis first, belief second, truth last. So the logical flow today is praxis, belief, and truth, not the other way around. So in other words, our culture first needs to see that the Christian life is livable. They need to see it lived out in real time, in real life. Then, if it's livable... They will say that it's also believable. Then if it's believable, it also must be true. And I know that is going to be very, very different for some people, even to wrap your mind around, but I do think this is how Jesus taught as well. We don't have enough time in this episode to dive into this, but I want to give you a reference for you to look at on your own time. Go to John chapter 8 and look at verses 31 and 32. And I just simply want you to to note the progression there of how he says things fall into place. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Head over to my website or go to the connect tab. Send me your thoughts, questions, and feedback on that, and I'll be sure to get back to you. But here's the big takeaway from this final point. The front door to talking with others about Jesus is primarily through relationships. It's through relationships. And the development of those relationships naturally requires ongoing conversations and sharing life together, meaning you may actually have multiple conversations with the same person about what following Jesus looks like, about who He is, about what He has accomplished. Preach the gospel to yourself daily. Seek to understand before you're understood, and prioritize gospel conversations over gospel presentations. When we do these three things, we can begin to talk with people about Jesus without ruining the relationship. So as you go through your life and the days ahead, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to begin a gospel conversation with someone. You know, it may be as simple as asking them an intentional question about their faith journey. It may be as simple as listening to their story with a genuine interest. Remember, you're not trying to convert anyone. You are not trying to convert anyone. People are not projects. Only God can transform a heart and a life. May your focus instead be on obedience, sharing the good news of the gospel as we live sent in the world. Remember, you don't have to live sent, you get to. We'll see you next time.